0: Welcome to the Timothy Project podcast. I'm your host Jerry Welch, and I'm here with my you're co-host
1: a, Chad Hunsberg. You're such <laughs> a radio. Me. You're such a radio voice. <laughs>
0: Is that supposed to be a good thing? Well, I'm going to take it as a better compliment. than a radio face. I don't know. I, I've often been told I have a face <laughs> for radio. So there you go. Uh, the Timothy Project exists to equip and encourage current and future pastors. Missionaries and ministry leaders, and we're excited you're joining us here today. Today's topic, we're going to talk about something interesting. I want to delve into? I've been reading some lately. Um, Several things that go back to the State of Theology report that came out, actually came out last year. Uh, I believe it was produced by Ligonier Ministries, also in partnership with Lifeway. From what I can tell, it looks like they've uh, done this before, uh, did some okay. updates in 2022. Um, but get this, Chad, uh, these were just a few. I pulled a few of these from an uh, article, I think it was actually in a book that I was reading Um Where these are statements, these are statements that were given to people that identified as evangelicals. Uh, And the first one uh, God learns and adapts to different circumstances. 48% of evangelicals agreed with that statement. Here's another one Everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. Hmm. 65% of evangelicals agreed with that statement. Here's another one God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. 56%
1: 56% wow.
0: of evangelicals agreed
1: is there a, with that is statement. Is there an age range on this?
0: Uh, I'm sure there is. I'm I I was just curious if yeah. this is like... That's a great question as to what age they are. I'm sure that in their specs, they have all of those. I'll, I'll go look that sure, up. We can just check curious it out. for me. Look for the State of Theology, um, and you can find this report. If okay, you yeah. Research that before I get back to you. But um, yeah, and here's another one. Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. of evangelicals agreed with that statement. And here's an interesting note. That was up from 30% in 2020.
1: Sure. Oh, just three years. Yeah,
0: just three years ago. So... Anyway, as I had seen that, and several authors, people have referenced this uh, in things that I've been reading or podcasts I've listened to, those kinds of things. And so you and I began talking about this a little bit, actually, uh, not, not in those specifics, yeah, sure. but uh, as an issue, we were talking about this last semester, I think back before um, last spring, when we were talking about what to teach this year. And yeah, yeah. so uh, we have purposefully... Uh, begun offering a class here on theology, uh, what do you call it?
1: Bible Doctrine and Our Statement of Faith.
0: There you go. And so you've begun teaching that for us here at Colonial Heights on Wednesday nights. And it is directly because of some of these kind of issues, not necessarily things that we have polled our church members to see, um, but because we're running into some of those issues. And so I just figured this might be a good topic to talk about, because if we've got those kind of numbers going on across Evangelical life, then chances are pastors, missionaries, others who are listening to this podcast are possibly also dealing with the same kind of issues. So I'm going to tip it off. I'm going to ask, and and just to get us all on the same playing field, like, okay, what are we talking about? Chad, somebody stops you and they ask, okay, what is theology? How how would you answer that question? What is theology?
1: Short answer. Right uh it's a word breakdown. Mm-hmm. it's the study of God, so anytime you see an ology right mm-hmm. uh, you yeah. it's it's the study of something yeah. uh whether that's you know biology that's or right. theology or yeah. Christology, whatever that's it is, right. right you're looking to study something that's right, and so yeah, it's the study of God mm-hmm. um, it's broader than that in that it is. Uh, don't think it's just the study of the or the doctrine of God alone. Meaning, like um, there is a there is a study doctrine of God. You're studying who God is. You're studying the Trinity. You're studying uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You're, you're studying that, sure. But um, in a in a broader way, you're studying like uh, theology is the study of all things related to God. So you're studying. Uh, way God interacts with creation. You're mm-hmm. studying the way God interacts with His Word. You're studying the way salvation works. Well, that's because it's with God, right? So um, you're studying the Church because it's with God. All of that falls under the the theo- theology yeah. and its study. So it. I'm
0: guessing if, I mean, that's a, a whole category in and of itself, sure. this idea of theology, studying God, there's got to be a right way and a wrong way to do that. How do you know how to <laughs> go about it? Yeah,
1: I think uh, it's a nice leading question there. <laughs> uh, yeah, So there are different methods or manners in which you can study theology. Uh, There's what's called biblical theology, so that's going to be, you're just going to walk through Scripture and see where theology comes through the text, uh, the theological truths uh, come through the text, and so you're going to kind of... Yeah, big picture. You're going to see the whole thing there. There's systematic theology, uh, which is one of the more common ways in which theology is taught. It's going to be more... By grouped together by topic, so you can almost think of it like uh, topical theology in that sense, but it's put together uh, intentionally again, that's why it's systematic. Um, But, but you would, you if you had a systematic theology book, you're going to see this the doctrine of God. You're going to see the doctrine of Scripture. You're going to see the doctrine of salvation. Those are going to be chapters. Whereas in biblical theology, you might actually see all of that kind of woven in together throughout. There's historical theology. Again, you can get the idea of what it would be. It's going to be like theology of a different eras and times and the uh, the the struggles or challenges, arguments that were being made in different seasons of the history of the church, that kind of stuff. So you're looking at I understand why the question, is there one right way or wrong way to do that? Um, It's not necessarily a right or wrong. There are ways that are uh, more helpful to you as a learner uh, than others, certainly, but not one that is like definitively uh, correct.
0: Right. Okay. Because that's where some people... Uh, I think some gravitate toward sure. one, one type or the other. You sure. know, they're they're more interested in biblical uh, theology. They want to study the whole totality mm-hmm. of the whole storyline of Scripture. What's going on here? Right. Um, and they would often maybe even get annoyed by uh, some systematic theology because it seems like they're they're going too in depth or, or yeah, going yeah, too yeah, much yeah. on each one of these topics, which I realize can become a very academic exercise. Yeah. Right. And so, in sure. um, doing so, y- you know, you mentioned biblical systematic. You mentioned historical. Mm -hmm. This context that we have where, thank the good Lord, we're not doing this all on our own right now in 2023 trying to figure it all out. We're standing on the the shoulders of giants, people that have gone before us, that have studied God, His Word for many years, and so... One term that often comes up in this kind of conversation is the idea of exegesis, mm-hmm. and and what is exegesis, and and how that relates to the study of theology and and biblical, biblical interpretation overall. But even in this context of theology, how, how would you approach that?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, exegesis would be the uh, bringing out of the text. It's the opposite. Sometimes it's helpful to think of a an antonym, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So the opposite is the eisegesis so to eisegete is to put our thoughts uh, our um, beliefs mm-hmm. into a text so kind of force that into uh, say making the text say what we want to say what we want it to say whether or mm-hmm. not it says it yeah. whereas exegesis would mean to be able to read the text read scripture and allow it to speak the truth mm-hmm. and so then you're you're kind of seeing it like uh, I often think of it like um, if you're, you hold the scripture up above your head and you're letting it like pour into you instead it's of holding thing. it down uh, at your waist mm-hmm. and you're you're forcing your thoughts That's into right. it so yeah. it's kind of like okay which one takes precedent is it is it the scripture or your your own thoughts so Absolutely. exegete would be to to allow it to speak to you kind of from even above you
0: yeah, because all of theology is done from a basis of what god's word said like that
1: right. all god's of good is, theology is
0: there you go and and I agree with that um
1: and so therefore all good theology will be uh will come from good exegesis yeah so uh even if it's so so we want to be careful when we hear something like um that there's a difference between biblical theology and systematic theology. Mm-hmm. Automatically, you're going to raise biblical theology as the right one, and That's systematic right, yeah. theology is a wrong one. Go Bible. That, that does not mean it that way. It's going to mean, as we already said, but uh, that you're going to let let Scripture, um, the order of Scripture, yeah. be the order in which you study those points yeah. of theology. Whereas, uh, and I'll, I'll give an example of this. So Good. Uh, you would, in in biblical theology you're going to get to revelation but you're going to have already gotten to the book of Daniel and you're mm-hmm. going, so you're going to see prophecy in that way and you're going to see prophecy again in uh, times kind of conversation in both Daniel and Revelation so you're going to have gone to it more than one time whereas in systematic theology you're going to get to uh, the apocalyptic mm. Uh, and in times mm-hmm. all at once. So you're going to look at the text in Thessalonians, you're going to look at the text in Matthew, you're going to look at the text mm-hmm. in Revelation, you're going to look at the text in Daniel. All of those are going to happen kind of simultaneously in systematic theology. Mm-hmm. Whereas in biblical theology, you're going to look at them one at a time, yeah. kind of standing alone, not not completely, but in, in the order that it is found in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so systematic theology is biblical. Right. It should is, be. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's right, right. <laughs> it's but done well. isn't uh, done in the same order mm-hmm. as you would see biblical theology, so to speak.
0: And that makes sense. And, and I think that as as we consider this, you know, we, we got to be thinking about this as it relates to... Okay, there's one thing. There's a class in seminary called Systematic Theology, several yep. of them. There are, you know, people have PhDs in Systematic Theology. Right. I mean, this is, is a big deal. Obviously, what we're presenting with our congregation is not on that same level.
1: Right. But I like
0: one of the things you mentioned related to the class that you're teaching right now has to do with, you mentioned doctrines of the faith. Sure. So uh, a doctrine, like, like how do we define what is a doctrine? Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you say that?
1: I think okay. it's, uh, it's, it's one particular kind of topic mm-hmm. that needs, uh, Definition, mm-hmm. more than just like a sentence definition, yeah. that we can unpack the the fullest understanding. Maybe that's a good mm-hmm. word, the yeah. the understanding of that that term mm-hmm. or word or truth. So uh, there is things like uh, so. Even within the doctrine of salvation, mm-hmm. you have the doctrine of justification, right. the doctrine of sanctification, the doctrine of glorification, mm-hmm. the doctrine of regeneration, the doctrine of right. So there's mm-hmm. uh, doctrine of God, doctrine of God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. God, doctrine of Scripture. What mm-hmm. do we? So it's it's what do we believe about that? Yeah, right. The, this key. doctrine word. What do we believe? Mm-hmm. And in the church's case, it's also what do we teach? So, yeah. um, we. There are things that, um, this this might sound odd, but it's like, um, maybe by the, the level at which we uh, we think about primary issues, secondary issues, tertiary issues, mm-hmm. those tertiary issues, a lot of times we might say that we teach this thing, yeah. uh, but it's okay if you disagree with that. You could still be in a good... Standing as a church member, and you disagree with this thing that we mm, teach about right. the end times or whatever, that's right. because yeah. we've established this is our stance on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so I think that's helpful for us to kind of think that, that sometimes we even use that word, we teach a phrase, we teach versus mm-hmm. we believe. But it, doctrine is essentially like our core beliefs. Yeah. It's a,
0: it's a set of beliefs <laughs> that we hold to yep. as a people, and saying that, okay as a church uh, as as a group of people we have hopefully done some good theology sure and we have gotten to a point to where we have identified these key doctrines of our faith things that we need to know and like you said, different levels of that. Whether it's primary, secondary, tertiary issues, things that um, are are salvific importance. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe them, then you're really not a Christian yeah. at all. Jesus being the Son of God, you know, sure, sure. Um, his, his atonement. I mean, those kind of things that are primary issues. Uh, but then other issues, like you mentioned, that that fall under other um, other categories that are important. Not yep. saying they're not important. They just do not rise to that yep. same level. And I think probably when I was a kid, so growing up. Number one, I was scared of the word doctrine. You know, you hear the word doctrine and and you hear that in church and you think old stuffy, boring, you know, whatever kind of stuff. You think this is not something that I care about. Well, fast forward into my life and now I read statements like this and I'm thinking, okay, seems apparent we've missed something in yep. teaching doctrine to our people where there are Christians who identify as Christians who do not believe basic Christian beliefs. Yeah. So it makes me want to tap them on the shoulder and go, are you really a Christian?
1: Yeah, I, I think that one of the things that um, in a fear of being impractical, hmm. lofty, and aloof, potentially, um, people have avoided Hmm. preaching or teaching doctrine. And what I would caution you is that it is okay um, that you don't have to uh, live, like swim in the pool of words that are (laughs) never used in regular life. Right, yeah. But it doesn't mean you never use those words mm-hmm. right it It's okay that you don't only use word you know propitiation, which mm-hmm. is only a biblical term right, right? There's not another mm-hmm. uh, place that it's used and and yet you can use that word and explain it oh yeah, it doesn't mean you have to only use it and you know mm-hmm. get everybody else guessing on what does he mean by that. Um, but I think sometimes in our we we land on one ditch or the other, right? So yeah. uh, one ditch is that we live in this um, kind of concept of let's talk about doctrine, and this is nerdy and fun to talk about, and only seminary people like it, and uh, and and you lose all of your people uh, because hey, you're just trying to prove that you're smart. Mm-hmm. Um, or right. on the other side of things, that you only speak about uh, things in such a way that. You, you never help them see how doctrine affects their life. Their understanding of who God is changes how they're going to respond to Him. Their understanding of Scripture, their doctrine, their belief of Scripture is going to change how they interact with Scripture. Their, our, our understanding of what Christ—like the Christology, right? The yeah, study of yeah. Christ. Our understanding of Christ is going to totally— change how we interact with God. Our understanding of depravity, Mm -hmm. uh, sin, like were we born sinners or were we not? Like the Mm -hmm. understanding we have about that we went from death to life. So even as believers, what that looks like uh, is going to look different because of what we understand about our Mm -hmm. depravity, what we understand when we're not actually believers, but we keep showing up to church stuff uh, and identify ourselves as evangelical, right? So it's like, these are major, major challenges that even for the person who is saying, I don't like doctrine. I'm bored mm-hmm. by it. I'm uh ner- it's 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 nerdy, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's uninteresting to me. I don't like the to, to read those books. I don't like to Okay. But that doesn't mean you don't actually like doctrine. That's right. It means you don't like nerds. And that's <laughs> fine. Like that's totally different, right? Oh yeah It's like I, I think that that's helpful for us to understand Mm -hmm. is there's, there's, it's a totally different way of thinking. Not liking a belief system. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not liking doctrine. Yeah. That's a problem. Not liking, you know, the, the 1400 page Wayne Grudem book. Exactly. Different conversation. Okay. You don't have to like that book, Mm -hmm. but man, we need to like the truths of that book.
0: Well, I think everybody does have a set of doctrines, whether they, have written them down or not, we have doctrines, which are basically things that we believe or things that we teach. And so in our churches, we're going to have those. Now, in some cases, we write them down You know, we may have a statement of belief. You mentioned that, our statement of faith that that we have as a church. That's where we collectively write down those things that we say, okay, here are those key issues for us. These are uh, the doctrines that we are going to hold to and teach. And we're going to make sure that if you are teaching in our church, if you are preaching in our church, that you're going to hold to this same basic set of truths. Because otherwise you wind up with chaos, right? Like You wind up with people not knowing, what do we believe? Yeah. How do we believe that? How do we deal with those kind of things? So I think everybody, my, my belief is, everybody is longing for truth. They want to know the truth. And I think, unfortunately, in church life, I know I did this. Like I, I'll, I'll take blame myself, but uh, I think I, I believe that everybody just believed. Everybody just knew the right mm-hmm. things. And I don't know, some of that, I had some good I grew up in the church, so did you, and so, you know, there were some doctrines that I think we knew and understood. I can even think about my kids today. There are some things that my kids know because they're a part of this church and because they're a part of our house. However, there are also things where I've had to do some tweaking, and and we've had to say, okay, kind of, (laughs) but you're letting that be a little too informed by the world. Let's pull it back to what Scripture says about it, and so holding on to that. And I think this generation today, I think this is an interesting thing my generation, even yours, you're younger than I am, but our generation, I believe, was really, we were still working from a semi-church culture mm. at large, where I think we took it for granted that everybody believed basically like we believed. Sure. Um, and nowadays, that is so not the norm. Having a church background is actually the oddity. That That's Right. To have that. And so I think so many that we see are coming to the church today are asking questions of theology in a different way because they literally don't know. They really want to know. and And I've seen it here where we have young people come in saying, what do you believe about this? Mm-hmm. What does the church believe about this? What does the church teach about this yep. overall? And so I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing that. I think it's a great opportunity we have to be able to teach biblical truth sure. to a, a hungry audience. So it doesn't have to be dull and boring. It doesn't have to be stuffy, but can actually be life-giving. Uh, J.T. English, I think, uh, uh, in the book, You Are a Theologian, I'll mention later, he and um, Jen Wilkin wrote that, and and I can't remember which one of them was writing at the time, but uh, talked about how good theology really ought to lead to love, mm-hmm. like, like to the expression right. of love, that it should cause us to fall more in love with this God who has done so much for
1: that's us. That's right. That's right. So... That's good.
0: I don't know. I just think... I, I think we're in a day and age where we as a church are going to have to be more and more ready to define what we believe and why right. we need to less... Uh, maybe we should assume less that people already know or already understand or already subscribe right. to, as this study from Ligonier sure. and Lifeway points out.
1: Yeah. Uh, and even for us, that's why we... So, most Southern Baptist churches are going to use a statement of faith called the Baptist Faith and Message. And we we agree with it. We decided to write our own to be even more specific to what Colonial Heights holds to. And it gives us a chance to not only uh, see and believe that and flesh that out and think through those things, but also to uh, to communicate that— the. We don't believe this just because some entity somewhere else says so, but because, yeah, these are things we hold to. And again, if you held them up next to each other, you would see a lot of similarities. Um, But just that kind of need to Mm -hmm. uh, own it ourselves and say, this is what we hold to, uh, yeah, has been really helpful.
0: I think that's good. So how do we, speaking to pastors and ministry Mm -hmm. leaders, missionaries, how do we teach People around us to do good theology, mm-hmm. like like how in your idea, like how, how do we yeah. teach them to
1: do that? I think there's a couple things that you point out. Um, I think that when, uh, in some ways, you 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 do need. It starts uh, with expository preaching. Yeah. So when, I, and I'm speaking mainly to lead pastors, right? But when you are charged to to preach the whole counsel of God, when you are are charged with the task and responsibility to, to share God's Word, then you don't skip over difficult truths. Mm. Um, you you, you use, use the words that are in the text. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when propitiation comes, you don't skip it, you explain it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when, again, uh, another challenging, when you see words like predestination mm. or uh, adoption or... Chosen, and it's like, Mm. oh, that's bringing up a hard. That is a theological thing that you're trying to explain. On a on a much like uh, lighter, usually more enjoyable, (laughs) less controversial. Like, explain justification. Right. Right. Why? Because that that, that's there. Wonderful news. (laughs) Uh, Every time when we get to like the baptism of Jesus and we see the the Trinity. Yeah. Like seen there. Well, guess what you do? You explain the Trinity, Mm. as best as humanly possible. (laughs)
0: No weird analogies. Right,
1: right, no weird analogies, and you you explain it the best you can, Mm -hmm. and you instead of just telling the story of Jesus' baptism, you have a chance to explain a theological truth there, right? So you look for those as you're preaching the Word. I would say that's one thing. I think uh, another thing is you do make sure that you are in line with a statement of faith. You can write your own, you can use a Baptist faith message if you're Baptist or I mean, I guess you can use it even if you're not, but right. there are other historic uh, statements of faith that you can mm-hmm. use, uh, that, that you could choose to, creeds, and different yeah. things that you can choose to use. And then uh, I think in addition to that, um, you not just teaching it from the Bible, but uh, helping equip your, particularly your other leaders, Sunday school teachers, life group leaders with resources that have a clearer understanding of that, of those Things, those systematic truths that you're yeah. kind of thinking through, and uh, and then I think some of it is on you to particularly teach those leaders, right? So, uh, or so if there's a education pastor, a discipleship yeah. pastor, uh, uh, whoever it might be that is helping kind of teach some of those uh, rich truths, uh, theological doctrines mm-hmm. um, that you are explaining them along the way, uh, and again, I, I think Paul David. Tripp's new book, or fairly new book, uh, Do You Believe, is really helpful in this. You're wanting people to see why it matters uh, that there's justification and sanctification and glorification, not just that it exists. That's right. You want people to see why it matters that the Trinity exists, Mm -hmm. not just that it exists. How does that apply? Because that's why people have left it, is because they're saying, well, it doesn't apply to practical. But I would argue, as would J.T. English and... Jen Wilkin, I'm sure yeah. that that like it does matter, mm-hmm. and this is just a pet peeve. And uh, interestingly enough, the title of this book you just referenced it is a pet peeve of mine when pastors get up and say, well, "I'm no theologian, oh. but blah 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 blah." Don't do that. Don't do that. No, stop doing that. You just told your entire church that you don't study God.
0: Yeah. Don't <laughs> do that. Don't, don't, don't. do that.
1: <laughs> so. I know what you mean by that. You're saying, I'm not, I'm not the seminary professor of theology. I'm not an academic. Fine.
0: Okay. <laughs> fine.
1: Don't say I'm not a theologian. You also That's just right. told all of your church, don't be one. That's
0: right. So yeah, because if you're not, don't then why, do why on that? earth would they ever be? You could to
1: be? say, I'm not mm-hmm. a baseball player. That's fine. Okay. I don't care. You're not. But, <laughs> Yeah. But I'm not a theologian is not a good thing. Don't Especially say that. Especially not if you're a pastor. Please.
0: And if your job is to preach the Word, then yep. you are a theologian. That's yep. part of what you do. So that's, what, that's so like you my mentioned, little side note. No, it's good. It's a good little soapbox to get on. The um, So you mentioned the sermon. Yeah. And, and that's that's huge uh, expository sermons that expose the word that that point to the truth of yeah. the word as we read it and if you're teaching the full counsel of God's word sure. uh, cover to cover then you're going to run into all of these doctrines sure. it's going to be in there and so um, but then you you talked about having um, uh, research, doing some research, like yep. you mentioned, the the creeds uh, that are out there. I know the the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, Chalcedon Confessions, um, West confessions. Westminster Confession. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, but there are those that you can dig into sure. and and find out more. And there may be little nuances uh, related to that that your particular faith tradition may not sure, hold sure. exactly to that. But it's going to be on those secondary, tertiary yeah, 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 yeah. issues, not on the primary. So I, I think that's a great way to encourage people to make sure. And, and what they're reading, we've already mentioned a couple books. At the end, I'm going to recommend um, in a list uh, several more books that people can read, because I've I just i I've always heard that leaders are readers, and I think in, in something like this, if we are to be lead theologians in our church... Then we need to be reading theology. We need to be reading things yep. that are reminding us of the truths of God's word and of God's word and of who He is and and the doctrines of the faith. And so, um, and and then I, I've heard it said several times that that theology should be done in community. Mm-hmm. And you referenced that, you know, as we were talking about working together. Um, and that's something that I, I think. We're never gonna understand the the full depth of any of these doctrinal statements or um, these pieces or parts of theology. We cannot understand. We cannot wrap our mind around God. But together, uh, I think about how, how the apostle Paul mentions that together we can begin to mind the depths and the height and the sure. breadth of of God's love for us and and we can do that as we work together. So Um, And that's part of what we're doing. That's why we began offering a class specifically covering some of those doctrines so that we have that opportunity to talk it through a little bit. And I I know that in that context, a lot of times it comes across as it it can be lecture format very easily as we're talking about these things, but hopefully in a smaller group format, Mm -hmm. uh, people can not ask you a question usually on Sunday morning. That'd be pretty awkward uh, during the worship service to just stand up and ask a question. However, on Wednesday night teaching this, You may be teaching along, but then they stop you and say, okay, I don't understand what you mean by that or or whatever. Um, And so that gives us an opportunity to do that in community where people are hopefully wrestling with these truths uh, a little bit more so. And I think we hold each other accountable that, that way, right? Yeah because it'd be very easy for me to get off on one tangent and you go hold on Jerry wait just a second right, don't right. forget about this other part over here sure. and us pull one another together so i think there's that iron sharpening iron Absolutely. part as well i think that's good um, so what it, what role does a pastor so let me ask this before before i go there i want to ask about the role that the pastor plays but also the role that other lay leaders mm-hmm. play in this idea of theology um, how would you characterize the difference of, of like what a pastor is to do, the lead pastor specifically, versus the Sunday school teachers or the life mm-hmm. leaders? What's their role as it relates to theology in the church?
1: Yeah, I do think um, the lead pastor in particular is charged with this responsibility of, of carrying the theological torch Yeah, uh, is in a different manner, right? So um, there are also things that are theological truths that um, because I say them from the pulpit, mm-hmm. they're assumed that that's what the whole church believes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So just because a life group leader, Sunday school teacher teaches it, that is not always the assumption that everywhere else in the church believes that pocket of thing, whatever that sure. is. Yeah. Um, and so I, I do think that's a particular difference. Yeah. Um, so, you, you carry that a little differently, right? Yeah. There's things that I, this is one of the reasons I'm particularly thankful for a body of elders, but there's things that I have considered uh, before preaching them mm-hmm. that I, hey, I'm going to say something like this. Uh, as the elders, is this going to be like, mm-hmm. no, what are you saying? We don't think that way. So we yeah. as a church don't have that. Uh, most of those were pretty small that right. I was thinking of because I had already had those conversations about larger theological things. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, so I think that's the difference is that the that overall uh, you kind of carry the weight and responsibility of the church's theology. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes a lay member hmm. uh, their responsibility is going to be more and incl- more for themselves and their family.
0: Yeah. And I think that pastor elder position that the Bible yeah. lays out that leading and teaching role right, that right. that it's joined together that that you have that opportunity to safeguard, or are we as pastors, mm-hmm. elders, we have the opportunity to safeguard um, the the doctrine of the faith overall, sure. and and then I, I do think it's incumbent upon us to then turn around and to teach and make sure that those who are in our uh, leadership positions in the church, whether it be teaching a, a Sunday school class or a life group or something on a Wednesday night or or whenever that they're teaching random classes, to make sure that they're holding true to that doctrine. I've always considered my job as the—I I used to always be called the minister of education. Sure, now I'm sure. the family discipleship pastor. But I feel like part of my job that you have always been looking to me to do, and whoever was my pastor at the time was looking for me to do, was to guard— the doctrine that was happening in our small sure. groups—that if they were not holding true, that was my fault, and I needed to make sure that I was shepherding them well to make sure that heresy wasn't being right. taught in, right, in right, our right, classrooms. Right. And so we have that responsibility. Um, that is—it's a, it, a good thing. It's, have you ever had to correct poor theology? Have you ever like been in yeah. a church situation and you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> how do you go about that? Ooh. Like, is there an easy way to do that? Nope. <laughs> when you
1: see it, nope. you're like, oh. No. Actually, that's
0: not what we believe.
1: No, yeah, I think that is. You're you're asking a lot of questions uh, to the person, trying to, especially if you weren't in the room, you're you're asking questions about what was said, how mm-hmm. it was said. Did you mean mm-hmm. it that way? Uh, if you were in the room and you did hear it, then again, you're asking questions. But now you said this. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you mean this? Right. Um, those kind of things that really, instead of automatically putting somebody on the defensive. Asking some of those questions and then following up with, okay, well, that's not what we hold to. Mm. Um, so let let's talk some about your thoughts and some of those kind of things. I mean, there's, yeah, it's not a. I mean, it's kind of a situation by situation, but yeah. certainly. Uh, and I guess if it's yeah. one of
0: those primary issues, you jump yeah. on it pretty fast yeah. uh, and address it immediately and publicly, if necessary, That's right. you do what you need to do, especially if that person is unrepentant. Like, I guess we go into it assuming, hopefully, yeah. there's more education needed. There's more, sure. Uh, sure. you know, we, we need to work together on it a little bit more and, again, and assuming I, they can clean it up. I think the level, themselves. right,
1: per, primary, secondary, tertiary yeah. kind of issue... Uh, First, second, third order, or whatever you call it, uh, is where that. Plays into it as well.
0: Yeah, because some of those smaller issues we might not jump on immediately, but we do a little discussion in the background, and we decide to clarify. Okay, here is the official church position on this. But then there is going to be a little bit of difference in the way it plays out. So, all right, so uh, good conversation, and I hope that that's something that that is helpful for all of us. I think we need to be always looking out for poor theology to creep Mm -hmm. in. Our world is constantly, we're being indoctrinated by something all the time, and we've just got to be careful uh, and hold each other accountable, right, to maintain the the truth of the gospel and the foundation of our faith. Um, And so a couple of resources that I was going to mention, actually about five or six, we've already mentioned you are a theologian uh, by Jen Wilkin and JT English, Do You Believe by Paul David Tripp, Uh, Samuel James has a little book published by Nine Marks, this one will be easy to read, uh, called "Does It Matter What I Believe," mm-hmm. uh, which is really good. Uh, you mentioned Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. Now, yep. that's if you're a serious student, want to jump in, uh, then I've a, actually heard of people who have read that, yeah, um, not yeah. seminarians. <laughs> I know. He
1: also has a smaller one called Bible Doctrine, oh, yeah. um, and it's literally—I mean, it's probably a fourth the size. Oh, good. uh good. But it, it's same author, so you're getting the one. same. Uh, truths in there.
0: I, I don't know if you've heard of this one. Christian beliefs, twenty basics every Christian should know. It's by Grudem and someone else. Uh, that's uh, another one that was recommended to okay. me. I hesitate to recommend it. I was going to say yeah. if you would, but I have not read that one. It's um,
1: supposedly mm-hmm. so. It's the step down. Yes, so it's that's systematic is the really really big mm-hmm. one. Bible doctrine is the big one, but and not then, as big. And then this one is like super small. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be the step down of that. So I've good. I've heard good things, but. Okay. I don't. I haven't read it either.
0: I would just encourage you if you're looking for something on that. By all means, uh, we'd be glad to yeah. help you. And maybe if there's that. a
1: particular doctrine, yeah that you are interested in, certainly uh, feel free to reach out and we can uh, point you in some helpful directions.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening today. Please like, subscribe, give us a rating and review, share on social media. We'll be back on October the 1st. So be sure to tune in then. If you have questions for the Timothy Project or about the Timothy Project or about what we've shared today, or even suggestions for future episodes, just email us at uh, staff at thetimothyproject.org. You can also check out our website at thetimothyproject.org. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'll see you next time.